0: Well, our lead pastor, Andrew Burchett, is on sabbatical for like only three more weeks. Actually, I was doing the math this morning. And in his absence, we have been blessed to hear from a number of different folks. And this is my friend, Phil Knock. Hi, Amy. Good morning. Good morning. Phil is a dad. He is a husband. He is a world traveler, something that I have in common. and would love hearing stories from him. He actually lived overseas for 12 years, five of those in Tajikistan teaching English. And it is a privilege to have you share with us this morning. So Lord, would you bless Phil as he shares. Thank you for what you have done in his life. And thank you for the stories and that he will share and for the ways that he will put you on display. So I bless him today. And would our hearts receive what you have to say to us through him this morning in your name. Amen. Amen. Good morning, Neighborhood Church. Everyone in the house and those that are traveling and doing fun summer things that are on the stream, uh, I just want to welcome you. I want to uh, invite you to continue the worship service. So as we've been worshipful uh, through our singing and in our hearts, I want you to reflect on the names of God. So maybe some of you guys could just call out like who God is to you through the series, or just the, the names of God that really speak to you. Don't be shy. Jira, Father. Elroy. Yahweh. Love. Jesus the Messiah. The faithful. The lover of our souls. Friend of Sinners. Shalom, our peace. Bridegroom. I Father, I am. We could go on for hours just saying the names of God, right? You know, we've enjoyed this series where we've had like a family atmosphere, as many of us from the congregation has had a chance to speak. And so I was reflecting on that, and the opportunity to give glory to our Father um, through uh, the message today. And I just want it to be an offering of back to him that God is holy. So what does that mean that God is holy? Well, I want to first, um, I've been meditating on this, and I want to first continue the service with some slides uh, that are in different languages that I know um, as a way to offer back to God. So uh, this is taken from the book of Isaiah. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Kadosh, kadosh, kadosh. Adonai, Elohim, Tsevarot. Santo, 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 es el señor de los ejercicios. Yena esta toda la tierra de su gloria. Siat, 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 gaspot Sil, Siat zimla polna Yevoslavi. lavi. Kudas, kudus ast, Kudus ast, kudus ast. Kudus ast. Kudovan, chudoi kaldiri muklat. Mukadas dir. Mukadastur, Mukadastur. Sarvari olam uning ulugvorlige butun olamne tol toldergan. May God be glorified as holy. So when I say the word holy, just the word. What is your thought? What do you think of that word? Is that something? that you think of as a religious experience, as you think of as a moral thing. You know, people have taken the word holy and many of them have defiled it. They've used it in all kinds of terrible expressions. So think to yourself, when you hear the word holy, what do you think? Do you think of Holy Father? holy spirit holy christ holy bible holy church the holy one there are many ways we use the word holy but when we think about god is holy what does that mean how do we describe god as holy go ahead and say some things that come to your mind of god being holy purity majestic perfect set apart reverent sacred complete the greatest righteous lifted up right some words that i think of is that he's unique there's no one like him in the whole universe he is unique He's one of a kind. He's all goodness. He's all beauty. He's all abundance. He's not just pure. He's 100% pure. He's 100% clean. He's sacred. He's unblemished. He's sanctified. He's perfect. He's divine. He's the ideal. He is incorruptible. He cannot be corrupted. If you think of light, he says God is light, and in him there's no darkness at all. If you study white light, white light is the sum of all other lights because it reflects on every surface. That is who God is. He is all of the light. He is every light. But there's no darkness in him, no darkness at all. So sometimes when we define something, it's good to look at what is the opposite Of this concept. So when you think of the word holy, what comes to mind as the opposite? You might think of ungodly, corrupt, unclean, defiled, impure, broken, fallen, ordinary, common. So this brings us to our first story. We're gonna share a couple stories today, so I hope you enjoy these stories. Uh, Many of you guys know these stories, but uh, I love telling stories. So I have three stories to share with you and then a personal story before we bring it back to the concept of how do we approach a holy God? So the first story is the story of Moses. Of course, he was the one who led the Israelites out of slavery, out of Egypt. But before that happened, God called him. How did God call Moses? Well, he was out tending to the sheep for his father-in-law right out in the wilderness when suddenly he came upon this amazing experience. So this is God's holy word. So Moses saw from afar that there was a bush and the bush was on fire, but it wasn't burning up. And so he thought to himself, let me go over there And see why this bush is like this. And God saw Moses coming to the bush, and God spoke from the bush. And he said, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, Here I am. And um, God said to him, Don't come any closer, take off your sandals. For the place that you are standing is holy ground. And then he went on and he said to him, he said, Moses, he said, I am the God of your father, of Abraham, of Isaac, of Jacob. And at that, Moses hid himself. For he, he was afraid to look at God. God. So what do we learn from that first story of Moses interacting with the Holy One, with God himself? Right, what did God speak to Moses? You remember from the story? Right, don't be afraid, but he said what? Don't come any closer. Right, what does that mean about God's holiness? dangerous you'll die it's hot right God's holiness is so amazing it's so overwhelming that God said to Moses don't come any closer right so that's the first point is that God's holiness is hot it's so pure it's so undefiled it is just it's a little bit dangerous all right So how can we as humans approach a holy God? You know, God is holy, we are not. But yet we're commanded, we're said to be holy as I am holy. So with that, I'd like to tell another story. This is a story that comes from the book of Isaiah. And this is another call of God to Isaiah the prophet. And so in this story, Isaiah is taken up into a vision. I don't know if any of you have ever been taken into a vision. But this is where Isaiah sees a vision of God. So in this story, Isaiah says, I saw um, the Lord Almighty and the throne of God in his temple. And the robe of God filled the whole temple. And there were these angels, seraphim, that were above the throne, and they had six wings. And with two of the wings, they were covering their eyes. And with two of the wings, they were covering their feet. And with two of the wings, they were flying. And the seraphim were calling out to one another they were shouting out they were crying out to one another and they were saying holy 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 is the Lord God Almighty the whole earth is filled with his glory and when they were shouting this out it was shaking the doorposts and the thresholds of the floor was shaking and the whole temple was filled with smoke and what was Isaiah's reaction He said, I'm sure he said, woe is me, I am ruined. For I have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Woe is me, I am ruined. And then one of the seraphim went to the altar and he picked a coal out with tongs, a burning coal of fire. And he flew it over to Isaiah, and he touched his mouth. And he said to Isaiah, see, this has touched your lips. It has touched your mouth. And he said, your guilt is taken away, and your sins have been covered. They have been forgiven. So we see in this story a little different interaction here, similar to the first story, but something a little different that's added to this story. First, what do we learn about God in this story? Again, we see him high and lifted up on the throne, magnificent in power and glory, and his robe fills the whole temple. And these angels are worshiping him, and they're saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. His glory fills the whole earth, right? But what do we learn about mankind, their reaction from Isaiah? What do you do when you come into the presence of a holy God? Woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips, right? We have different senses in our body. We have our mouth, our nose, our eyes, our ears, our touch, our hands. How much of that is unclean? Maybe what we see is unclean. Maybe what we hear is unclean. Maybe uh, we're filled with whatever it is with our touch that's unclean. So these are all things that defile us, just like Isaiah. And so Isaiah's reaction is, woe is me, for I am unclean. But God, in his holiness, sends an angel with a burning coal and touches Isaiah's lips and says, he has made it clean, so something in about God's holiness is that he can share it uh, with humanity. He can bring it to humanity. Maybe we see the progression in life. How many of you guys are young? Any young people in the house? You're still pretty young? All right. How, how about middle-aged? Anyone middle-aged? <laughs> how many are, are 55 or better, right? Right? So we see the progression of life. Here you can see me giving away my daughter (laughs) at her wedding a year and a half ago. I became the father that does that. I I never thought I would be that old, right? But it it just happens, the progression of life. James chapter 4 says that we are like a mist, you know, that is here in the morning and that disappears. So there's a progression we're in life. Some of us are young, middle, or old. But as I reflected on that, I thought of my father. So as many of you know, my father, Albert, Al, uh, he went to this church for a while. And about a year and a half ago, he passed on to the loving hands of our father, our maker. And I just wanted to tell you a quick story about him. So my dad, uh, he really was a, a lover of people. He was merciful, caring. Uh, He was a man who always said, I can't be good enough. He said, I want to live in Christ. I want Jesus to live in me and to live through me. And I saw that many times throughout his life. And as we got towards the end, he got dementia. And it was difficult to see him go into a place that was hard for us to see, but we saw glimpses of him. I used to go do puzzles with him. And he would always say, son, you're amazing. How did you find that peace? You're so amazing. And, uh, you know, but then he would look at me and he would say, son, why has the Lord not taken me yet? I'm ready. You know, as we got close to the end, it's the most amazing thing how God honored my dad. He, uh, we had our family reunion once every year. Like, what are the odds of this timing? It's incredible. We all got together, and my dad's favorite moment was always the time that we did family sharing. And that was on usually the first or second night of our family reunion. And he was there, he was alive, uh, he wasn't talking. Although, when my sister walked into the room, like a few days before he died, he perked up and he said, My beloved. Yeah, that meant so much for her. And then uh, we did our family sharing night and he was still there. We opened the door and he was listening as we were all sharing stories of our life. He couldn't talk, but he was there listening. And then that night, my my brother uh, shared with my mom. He said, I think it's okay, mom. You can tell dad it's okay that he can go if he wants to go and that you'll be okay. And so... My mom went in there around 11 o'clock that night and she talked to my dad and she said, "'I'm okay, Um, it's okay if you go.'" And my wife and I spent the night that night and my dad uh, fell asleep and we heard him breathing and around three o'clock in the morning, we didn't hear any more breathing. What a testimony of God's grace of a man who followed after him to go to be with him. As we reflect on our lives and we think about that, how is our lives on that journey to seek after, to follow God in his holiness? So I want to introduce you to a story for Jesus, because Jesus is a big part of this story of how a holy God reaches mankind. And so I chose this story because it's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And uh, I want you to be thinking about this story in relationship to fearing God or fearing man or fearing circumstances. All right, so in this story... Um, that day when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples or his followers, he said, let's go, let's get in the boat and let's go over to the other side of the lake. And so the disciples got Jesus and they took him with them just as he was. And they got in the boat and they went over to the other side. And there were other boats there in the lake. But suddenly a furious storm came up And the wind and the waves were crashing over the side of the boat to the point that the boat was sinking. Jesus was on the front of the boat, sleeping on a pillow. (laughs) And the disciples, his followers, came to him, and they woke him, and they said, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? And Jesus stood up and he spoke to the wind and he he said to the waves, Quiet, be still. And the winds died down and the waves stopped until the lake was completely still. And Jesus said to his disciples, Why were you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Wow. And Jesus' followers, they were terrified. And they said, Who is this that even the wind and the waves will listen to him? Pretty cool story, huh? So at the beginning or in the middle of the story, what did you see about the disciples? What were they thinking? What were they feeling? Fearful. Yeah, what were they fearful of? Dying, circumstance, right? Can you imagine the waves coming over the sides of the boat to the sense that they're getting swamped? You know, they're probably trying to bail the water out. Yeah. Yeah. What do we see about the disciples, though, at the end of the story? What did they say, or what did they feel toward Jesus? Amazed, awe. Ah. Do you remember the, the word they use in the story, though? More than afraid, they were terrified. Right? So what Takes us from fear to terror. So when we think about holiness and God, when we think about fearing God or giving awe to God, or if we think about fearing our circumstances, what is the difference? So I'd like to bring this kind of paradigm of these two different possibilities for your life as we think about our journey in life. One paradigm is to be a good person, right? Okay, the second paradigm I want you to think of is to pursue holiness. Okay, so what is the difference between this? How is pursuing holiness different from being a good person? So the first point I'd like to make is that legalism, which is the desire to work to be a good person, legalism, is the pursuit of good behavior without two things. It's missing two things. It's missing humility and repentance. You know, I can try to be a good person without humility or repentance. You know, I can try to impress... Other people, I can try to have a good job, I can try to be a good husband or a good uh, spouse or whatever it is. But the key difference is humility and repentance. So the pursuit of God or the pursuit of holiness is actually tied to humility and repentance. These are the two keys that I want you guys to take away from uh, this this uh, worship service. So holiness is the pursuit of God, which is marked by humility and repentance. So let's go at this a little bit different. uh, Continue. What's another difference between holiness and legalism? So legalism is the desire or wanting to uh, conform to the community. So whether you are in your community at church or at work or in your family community, you want to be good, you want to be uh, of good repute, you want to be honorable, uh, you want uh, people to like you. I remember one of the first times I spoke in front of a church, I had to shake off the fear of man. So I got up here and I jumped up and down and I said, hallelujah, <laughs> and uh, my mom just reminded me of that. And it really, sometimes we are afraid of what other people think of us, right? Do we care about that more than we care about what God thinks of us? So holiness is wanting to conform to not man, but to Jesus. Jesus was the perfect example of holiness. And so when we pursue holiness, we pursue Jesus, Uh, what's another difference between holiness and legalism? Holiness or legalism creates a few things. It creates pride and it creates judgment, right? So we think, hey, I'm a good person. What's wrong with you? You know, or we think like I've made it, you know, I, I am uh, to that level. So, so there can be this pride And Jesus kind of referred to that when he talked to the Pharisees and he said to them, those Pharisees, they tie up all these heavy burdens on your shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger um, to help move them. So what's the difference? Holiness recognizes the judge and is guided and convicted by God's Holy Spirit. So we know that Jesus is going to judge at Judgment Day, right? So holiness recognizes that, that Jesus is the judge, not men. He's the one that will be judging us. And God has given us his Holy Spirit. There's a reason why it is called God's Holy Spirit. He has given us his Holy Spirit And what does God's Holy Spirit do? It helps us. It comforts us. He uh, leads us. He guides us. He points us to Jesus. Right? One new realization about the Holy Spirit that I love is it talks about how in Romans it says, the Holy Spirit puts to death the misdeeds of the flesh. So Morris Dirks in uh, Salem, Oregon, he used to always preach and he'd say, I can't, God can, I'll let him. And so as we think about pursuing holiness and pursuing a, a godly life, it's more about us realizing that we can't. You know, just like Isaiah, he said, woe is me, and then God brought the coal. You know, and God brings us His salvation through Jesus. And so the Holy Spirit puts to death the deeds of the flesh. So if you're struggling with one of those five senses of always being defiled, of going down a path, of a cycle, of sin pattern, just trust that the Holy Spirit will destroy that. Like He will wipe that out of your life and you will never see it again. But He's the one who does that, not you. And it's not to try to impress other people, it's not to be good, it's just because God wants to share his holiness with us. My last point to wrap up is that the Holy Church of God is not a shame maker, it's a shame breaker. We are the family of God to welcome in God's holy presence to reach and to touch people in Chico and throughout the world, okay? God will break the shame. We don't need to set rules and expectations and agendas for people to be good people. You know, we don't have to uh, bring shame into the community. People have been hurt by the church, but the church of God is not a shame maker. It's a shame breaker. So how is that true? Well, if you look at Jesus, who, was, who went to the woman who was caught in adultery, what did he say to her? You know, he said, those who are without uh, sin throw the first stone, right? So he's asking the community, and they all walk away, and Jesus is left, and he says to her, neither do I condemn you, but go and sin no more. And that's what we do as the church too. When we welcome people in, we say, we don't condemn you, but go and pursue holiness. God who is holy will share his holiness with you. So as you go uh, from the message today, I want to leave you with a few of these questions. The first question is, have you been hurt in the past by a community that has told you you're not good enough, has told you that you are dot, 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 fill in the blank. I invite you to come forward after the service as the people gathered for prayer, come to the altar and say, I have been wounded. And I want to cast off my fear of man And I want to fear God alone. Okay? Maybe this message of God is holy has inspired you to want to pursue God deeper. Okay? To know him more fully. If that's the case, I invite you to come forward and to ask for prayer and to say, hey, I want to surrender myself. You know, just like Isaiah said, woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips. You know, it takes surrender, it takes us to repent, and then God works. You know, the way I define repentance, which I heard from my good friend Johnny, is repentance is to turn and to believe. Okay, so repentance is to turn away and to believe. And so that's all God is asking for you to do today is to turn and believe. So after the service, I would invite you to come up uh, for prayer. But before we have a prayer opportunity, I want to pray for you all. So could we bow our heads together? God, you are holy, and I am not I am awestruck by your holiness. Help me to fear you only and not to fear men. Mankind has desecrated your holiness, we have even profaned your holy name, we have corrupted your creation. We have defiled ourselves, and we have misled others. Please have grace on us. Forgive us. Cleanse us with your holy sacrifice, the Holy One of God, who has come to take away the sin of the world. Your Jesus, your Messiah, was perfect without any blemish, He was without sin. He was truly the Holy One of God. Through Jesus, you destroyed death and you destroyed hell for us so that we can live in your holy presence forever. Fill us, infuse us with your holiness. Renew our minds with your holy word. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Thank you that you do not condemn us, but that you help us, you guide us, you comfort us, and you convict us. You are holy, God. Kadosh, 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 Adonai Elohim, Sevarot. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The earth is filled with your glory. May we share as a family as a body in your abundant holiness. In Jesus' name, amen.